Corner Store Pineapples. Mm-hmm. That's about to be the name of the podcast. <laughs> no. Nah. The name of the podcast is the Black Propaganda Podcast. That's a fact. Finally. Mm-hmm. We're here. We at are. The, at the Black Propaganda Podcast. Yes, indeed. I'm with my good friend, Young Tucson. What's up, man? Nice to see you. Good to see you. Finally. Good to see you, too, man. What do you, what do you go by? What do I go by? Should I just call you Kari? Or? You can call me Kari. Ah, yeah, like, man. I don't think I'm a nickname guy. Like, I don't think I have. <laughs> like, people call me, like, my Instagram name is Black God, but, like, and people who try, like, call me that in person, and uh, it, it's mad weird. Yeah. Like, what up, Black God? <laughs> like, ew. Sound like a hotel level 1,000. Yeah, and no. <laughs> That's I respect not, that. I respect that. You know? So, just Kari. But we're basically here because, you know, we want to spread black businesses and we want to have black conversations and to introduce new conversations to our community. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just here to to shout out some brands and hmm, just use the collective energy of everybody that want to do things we have we we mutually know a lot of creatives mm-hmm. that want to do things but don't really know people don't know other people or other resources that are right around them for them to succeed and excel in what they're doing and make it happen and make it happen so this is that um i definitely want to show that black people aren't monolithic thinkers which means like we all think the same mm-hmm. and we all have the same ideas like we're all not democrats some of us are republicans right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's on a deeper level it. it's just th- just the beauty in all that we do like i have friends in possibly every field mm-hmm. <laughs> that are black that also express that they don't have any friends in their field yeah. that look like them Especially on, like, technical levels. Like, I'm an IT tech. Mm. So, like, on my level, where we're, like, in, like, audiovisual, there is a lot of ethnic people there. But once we get to, like, IT and head IT roles, like, you don't see too much black people. The, the, the branches are small. Yeah. Or not even the branches, like the amount of seats and jobs are small. Like it'll be like especially from technology now, like it'll be like three it'll be three positions and all three of them are filled by Jewish men or filled by <laughs> men not of our race and then they'll hold those jobs for twenty years, yeah. twenty, thirty years. That's real shit. The job market is a little uh Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not, that's not a knock on them because they excelled and they landed what they They're supposed to. That's yeah. how it's set up for them. Exactly. Yeah. But now that we have more opportunity, like we definitely could do something with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Take advantage of what you got. Right. And I noticed that, like, like in the social media world and spectrum, like everybody feeds off one another. So, like. If I share what you have or what you have to offer, I gain some of your fans, you gain some of my fans, mm-hmm. and that that helps us all collectively. Like, the people that, people, there's people that have clout that don't need anybody else or made it virally. 
randomly mm-hmm. and <laughs> without the help of anybody. But the people that have to do the groundwork, that things won't pop without it. Without it, like people will, people need a helping hand, and I feel like collective energy to one agenda is better than just you by yourself promoting what you're doing, paying for promotion. Like, right, it's way better than that, right? But overextending yourself is a little, it's gonna always put you in a difficult spot. That's real shit, that is true. Community, that's a fact. Um, and we just also want to just promote like diverse knowledge. And different ideas, like I said earlier, um, because in order for you to grow as a person, you do need to challenge your views of how you think about things. Like when you're in college, you get you get the black and white version of things, and you you're growing up, so you're just realizing, damn, I'm marginalized. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, this sucks, and you I'm up and here, I'm yeah. upset at the world at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. and you develop opinions that are like established ideologies by the people that have taught you because mm-hmm. you've been around them for what three, four years, mm-hmm. and they represent a particular de- demographic, and they're feeding you that information, mm-hmm. and that's what you attain. But after a while. Like those are prime years too. Those are prime years yeah. for that learning process. But after a while, you need to challenge what you have learned to reaffirm them. Mm. So I'm not Republican. I'm not really Democrat or anything. Mm. But I have certain beliefs in which how our system should run and. But at the same time, I do also listen and pay attention to the opposing side of every argument because you have to. they do offer like viable, yeah. viable reasons for why they feel like this shouldn't be this way, mm-hmm. and it'll help us come to a point of compromise instead of just being angry, right? And not really, not really affecting any change. It's just stagnation, right? Um, hmm. got to be able to formulate your your own opinions. You definitely do. You definitely need to be able to formulate your own opinions, and you'll definitely be able to do that when you tune into the show. <laughs> we have that's we're a gonna good have plug right there. That's a good plug. <laughs> I like that shit. Yeah. But when you tune in, you'll definitely hear um, people from different crafts, different walks of life, mm-hmm. um, just being themselves in this space and giving valuable information to whoever's listening mm-hmm. um so let's get into you yo appreciate y'all for for even um i i first want to shout out like just the fact that you one is called black propaganda i think that's hella dope but two like i, I do want to shout out the fact that sometimes things happen and nobody really realizes how they happen right. like i know for me <clears throat> even two three years ago if I'm in a spot like this, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, they got the camera set up, you know, <laughs> like, bottled water, we right. hear, like, with the headphones. All right, it's a podcast, but you never really think about the work that goes into putting it together. Definitely. And now it's like, after maturing a little bit and understanding how much work that I've had to put in for me to do certain shit, it makes me now realize other things that it works the same way, you know, so even outside of the physical shit you had to do to get this together, like thinking about 
just the mental, you know, stress and barriers that you probably had to work through right. in terms of saying, like, I want this to be my shit. You right. spoke to me about the podcast like a year ago, bro. Yo. For real. It, it took yeah. a while. It definitely took a while. Don't matter. Like, we here, man. It definitely, yes. And I'm happy and that we're blessed to be here. Right. But it definitely, like, it took a little, like, probably since 2017. Like, we've been yeah. doing this. Like, we started... And this actually started as like an audio visual project that I was required to do. If anybody doesn't know me, I went to audio visual school, and the final project is you have to come up with like a body of work or something. Mm. And while when I was in audio school, I wasn't making music, but I was doing all the work. Yeah. And like even at the end of like the first quarter of of audio school, I was required to make a beat. And I was the only one in the class who didn't make a beat. Mm. But I still passed with like an 85. Okay. You probably still passed and had a higher score than other motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, because I I did everything else, but I just didn't make a beat. Some people went there just to make beats, though. I I thought I went there just to make (laughs) beats. Like, I thought, like, yo, I'm going to work in a studio. I'm going to be Mike Dean. I'm going to be the next Kanye West from New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Dreams, is how man. this is going to work. And then I got in there, and I'm like, huh. So let's think about this. I'm going to work in a studio mm-hmm. for like eight, nine, ten hours a day. And I think, well, we know that since technology is getting better, like the market is shrinking. Like a lot of studios are only breaking even now. Yep. And they're staying open because, of course, those owners have other ventures that they're able to keep it open in, but they're not really in we the in green. The area, yeah, we're in the era of the home studio now. Exactly. Like, you yeah. have a laptop, you get your little Ableton, yeah. a little USB mic, and you can make a hit, go viral, and that's it. Right. Like, but people aren't really... Well, people are still... still Everybody... People still need studio time. Yeah. But it, the demand for it is not enough to cover the bills. Yeah, because we're not going there just to put together the, uh, like, reference tracks and things. Like, now it's like, why not just save money, get comfortable with it in your crib Mm -hmm. or wherever you create at, and then you pull up with the finished product. For me, when I spend money on studio time, I knock three, four songs out in, like, an hour. Because you already know. Right. You've been planning. Right. Especially when you coming from that, like, kind of like starving artist mentality of like I need to make this money stretch mm-hmm. it's like some people go to studios talking about like yo I'm gonna spend 200 $300 to just be up in here smoking weed and doing whatever not getting nothing done nothing done or they go to write in the studio and they still spending money for, for me the, for the vibe right for me I'm like fuck the for aesthetic the shit nah, for the vibe like for me <laughs> fuck the aesthetic shit like I'm I'm coming in here. I'm knocking shit out. One, two, three takes. Like that's it. Like, and you know, like niggas mixing master on the spot. But I'm still trying to. I don't want to have that limited view of where I, um, you know, record my shit out. I still want to test out even all the the hype joints. Like I do want to go to Quad Studios. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel as though it's easy to kind of shit on something if you ain't been there. You know, like I've been that's to true. Quad. I've been like up in the spot and seen the plaques. Biggie plaques and yeah, shit, and there. like, yeah, you know it's dope. But you know what's crazy? I was in there with a, well, the producer of the song, um, "Pop That" by French Montana. My aunt 
knew him somehow. Mm. And when I was like 14, she brought us in there. She brought me in there to meet him because at that time I thought I was going to be the next hot producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so You still could be, man. I mean, I could be. I have it. But, you know, <laughs> like it's a, you know. Yeah. I think it's a little tedious mm-hmm. like to to make beats and then sell them and I don't know. I don't know. But I it, think it's I, your, it yo the approach not to cut you off but the approach what I've learned is that a lot of times producers kind of do fall into the same hole that like artists do of like I'm trying to make the short term money, you know, like I'm right. trying to I'm trying to I made this product now. I want to get paid this amount for me doing it here. Like, if I perform mm-hmm. as an artist, all right, let me get 100 right now, 200 right now, not realizing that if you foster a relationship with someone, and even if you are performing for free, right. eventually when, you know, the dividends do come through. Because, like, at the end of the day, $100, $200, everybody could use the extra That's 100 true. 200 you know? But, like, when you find somebody that you really fuck with and you think is talented mm-hmm. and it works... That's a partnership right there. Y'all put a project together. You literally have all of the royalties. Like, y'all can assess the entire, like, split sheet in terms of how things... Artist and producer. Right. So it's like you create that team, and now y'all have already kind of... You have probably 80% of the work done. Everything else is just legalities. Like, as an artist, the hardest shit to do is find a producer that fucks with you. Especially if you're up and coming and you don't have that amount of clout. As a producer... It helps with you consistently. Right. As a producer, the hardest thing to do is get an artist to really want to pay you for a beat or pay for certain beats when motherfuckers is out here. And, like, when I got there to the school and I realized that, I was like, like, nah, how can I just, like, create a body of work or create content that I care about that I'm completely in control over, like this this podcast. I'm I'm putting it out on my own time. I'm mm-hmm. doing what I want to do, talking about what I want to talk about, and like people will follow and mm-hmm. people will watch eventually. And it's my thing. I don't have to really depend. Like I do depend on you, like to the act- person, the, the interview, person, yeah, the yeah. interviewer. But like <laughs> I'm still largely like the show right so like it's it's i don't want to say it's easier but it's just like it's less of a headache than okay i'm making my beat and then now i have to find like i made this and now i have to like find a way to sell it manage that right once that's gone that's gone that's mm-hmm. not mine anymore mm-hmm. i mean it's mine i might it's be able to yeah. pay for it but right. i can't reuse it i can't do it with right. anything else like so I venture I moved I feel on. You on that. I moved on to this. And like I feel like it was a good decision and also like I feel like I'm gonna enjoy this for a good amount of so years of my life. Yeah, bro. That's what's so up. why not? I hope to bring you back <laughs> more than one time. Come on now, and man. And watch you develop as long as this show goes. Right, we trying. Like, Next time I come through I'm gonna have a project out. I know that for a fact. And what do you know? Where you want to go with that right now? Do you um, know the name? I'm I'm still sifting through a few names. I I was really on what I wanted to call it was uh, blue and whites. Blue and whites. At first, yeah, blue and whites. And what does that signify for you? Um, it's like a play on police. 
like the boys, you know, mm-hmm. the blue and whites, and mushrooms, man, magic mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. The <laughs> yeah, looking at me like, ah, this nigga. No, well, no, we wanna, we. I wanna try some shrooms. Yeah, man. I've been thinking shrooms. about it, but like, I just know that I need to be in a good space, mm-hmm. and I can't have work the next day. Oh, of course not. <laughs> and I just need to be comfortable. Because I know, like, some people have, like, emotional reactions with Oh, with definitely. definitely. It's, it's not... Well, not um, necessarily negative. Like, I'm not gonna, Not negative. You know, po- very positive. But, it's like, nothing to play with. if though. I bust out crying, I want to be around good people. Right. It's nothing to play with, bro. It's sensitive. people that'll take care of me if anything that happens to me. hmm But, yeah. So, blue yeah, and, like, what... Like, so, shrooms and... Shrooms and police, <laughs> right? Boys. It's... It's kind of polar opposites Not really But okay. they don't correlate at all But like right. I wanted to call it that Because um, I noticed a lot of A lot of what I was writing about To begin with um, From earlier tracks And just like A lot of what's been on my heart Is just Obviously we Fuck the police right But mm-hmm. like it's also this idea of like That don't really cut it for us Because the more we chant Fuck the police The more they fuck us you yeah, know so like at the true. end of the day it's like um i wasn't gonna make a project just about pro- police brutality but i talk about mad shit and i just feel as though um consistently it's coming from my perspective as a black man just being in the hood no matter where you at you already know how prevalent police officers are they're right. more specifically put in our communities purposely um you know like in the most impoverished neighborhoods, you have the most police because they know motherfuckers is probably going to do some shit to get money in alternative ways. So it's, it's a yeah. setup. Um, and, like, the blue and whites to me, like, the shrooms aspect was, like, outside of the fun, it just represents for me, like, um, elevation in terms of uh, not to sound cliche or, or you know, like, I'm I'm on yeah, the wave. I mean, but like, it's the this truth. is yeah. all our, like, everybody is trying to do this. Like, right. we're all trying to elevate at right. any given time. If you're not... There's something wrong with something you. wrong with you, right? But, so elevation, so like, elevation, elevation can't really be cliche, mm-hmm. you know. So but I like, mean, some people throw that like the reason why I said that is because some people kind of throw that around like, yeah, you know, I'm on the, I'm, I'm enlightened, you know. But like for me, like <laughs> I definitely woke. exactly for me, I definitely feel as though like it uh, put me on a certain path mm-hmm. and let me kind of sort things out, uh, not just for myself, but like with my social interactions, what's healthy. Right. Um, what people are unhealthy for me, like you know, family matters, things of that nature. It was just and like, real. bro, you're 21, so these are the things that right. are on your mind right now. Right, right, right. We're right. Me, we are, we're mutually sorting the people out, sorting what we need in our life, and then the bullshit that we don't like. Mm-hmm. We're getting to an age where like, like we don't want, like we don't care for drama anymore, unless right. you like, if you like that shit. But I don't like I don't care for that shit. Like I don't <laughs> gotta, like fact. I don't care for headaches. Don't nobody need it, man. Like there's people that enjoy headaches, mm-hmm. enjoy drama, enjoy Instagram drama with, yeah, with people that you don't like. Love and hip hop, bro. You know, <laughs> it's the we in the love and hip hop culture. We've been in it for some time. Reality TV's been it's entertainment for people, That's you true. know. So they niggas love that shit. But blue and whites was just one. I, and I think instead of uh, you know like just keep scrapping names mm-hmm. they might as well just be individual projects like I had an idea for a project called From the Garden mm-hmm. or The Garden EP 
and um, it will be representative of like Madison Square Garden because I'm I'm hell of a Knicks fan. I'm an OD Knicks, yeah, fan. Knicks fan. Yeah, you know, like that's it's just torture. It's been torture. Yeah, but, we're we're coming know. around. Right, and I you know I love the Knicks, man. But at the end of the day, I wanted to kind of like uh, express that in a, in a few different ways, mm-hmm. and just like the idea of New York being the epicenter of a lot, just basketball lot. culture. Yeah, like I wanted to. Um, I feel like I I have to offer a lot of in depth writing outside of just like you know the norm of music. The type thing shit. that I enjoy about your music is that your lyrics are smart, but you're still captivating. Right? It's not boring. Like a lot of like a lot of what what. I don't want to. I don't want to say like a rapper's name, but like a <laughs> lot of like, I, I don't. I don't even want to say woke. Like a lot of woke rappers, like rappers that talk about like the black experience or like the negative aspects of the black experience, and are trying to push like a black positive agenda, mm. are kind of boring. Yeah. Like, like it's yeah. not. It's I like. You appreciate it, but I they're still falling it. into certain tropes that are yeah. like, it don't feel like, and I think what it is is sometimes what you're hearing is like ego too, right? Mm-hmm. So like when um, people are trying to make music that is like socially relevant, instead of doing it just solely for the cause of expressing themselves and how other people feel, it's like, I'm this dude that sees all of the fucked up shit, right. and let me tell y'all what I see. So... I want the praise and I want the acclaim. I want y'all to be like, yo, wow, he really sees what's going on here. This is a right. woke brother. We need, and it's like everybody wants to be appreciated, but I feel like uh, the angle that you speak on it from and your perception, for me, I look at it like this is all shit that's bigger than me. You know, like it don't have nothing to do with, I'm not getting on this mic trying to be the next ambassador or Obama or, you know <laughs> what I mean? True. Like, I'm oh, saying here like, yo, this is what I see, and this shit is just, it's fucked up. It's just, it's just bigger than niggas, you yeah. know? And, and it goes from that to talking about weed smoke and talking about, like... And you want to yeah. establish the fact that, yo, I'm nice. Right. Like That's another thing, yeah, too. And that's, that's something that I've shied away from, and I think that's why I'm starting to lean more towards a little bit, is that when I see motherfuckers who are really not that nice talk they shit, I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, like yeah, I, I'm looking I mean, at these dudes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you self you self reflect a lot. You look at yourself. You look at your pen, and you take it very seriously. But it's important that you have you still have like a sense of pride in yourself and mm-hmm. a sense of courage and knowing that everybody cannot do what you do. Mm. Like, thank you though. I appreciate that, I mean, man. Like for real. Like that's something that like I like never forget that because I feel like a lot of artists that are trying to better all of us mm-hmm. forget the fact that yo you should want to be the best yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the fun of this yeah. like hearing like I feel like in the game bro you can't be the best rapper out if you don't say I'm the best, best rapper, rapper out, out. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to yeah, say that's a fact cause somebody has to contest you and when they contest you, it's like a debate now. Like if you, yeah. even if you're mad nice, if you never say I'm the best out, nobody's gonna regard you as yeah. that. And like it's more, it's it's more than lyrics. It's about moments. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't have a lot of moments. Drake is not the most lyrical person. 
ever. But he got moments every for days. Yeah. Track is a moment. Yeah. It's a there's something in every song that you could put as a caption on Instagram. You could do <laughs> something. You could throw that up on the status. Yeah. Like and everybody's gonna know who said that, what it mean, and it's remembered. Mm-hmm. And other people just say things a hot track and then okay. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's kind of nah. Coming and go, it coming and go. Coming and going, but you gotta you gotta leave impact, and you have to have pride in what you do. All right, so I'm gonna say now for the first time, I'm the nicest nigga alive, man. (laughs) I'm the nicest nigga coming out of Brooklyn, coming out of New York, coming out of everywhere. Fuck it, if you got a problem, come see me, man. Let's do this rap (laughs) shit for real. That's it. All right. (laughs) Okay. That's it. So claiming now. My another. How did you? How did you come up, or what led you to? Herald the name Young Tucson. Um, I'm gonna take it back. High school, I went by Berto the Real. Berto B E R T O. Yeah, the Real. The uh, real. I'm not too proud of it. Uh, Why? Because w- what really got me on my rap shit, like for real, for real, <laughs> what really got me on my rap shit for real, for real, was like Chance the Rapper. I was a really big Chance fan when okay. he first came out, like 10 Day, and then especially, like, I got on him towards the end of Chen- 10 Day, and when he started promoting Acid Rap. So when Acid Rap dropped, I was on the wave, and, like, um, I really fucked with what he did with his name, with, like, Chance the Rapper. It's just different, you know, like, yeah, in comparison. Yeah, that was different when I first heard it. Right, like, who is this guy? The rapper? I know you, okay, but I know you're a rapper now, but you, it, it's All like... Right. It's just different. So for me, I took that that the and I was like, Berto the real, because everybody was like, Yo, you real, bro. Like you should really do this, whatever, whatever. And I used to go by the name of Berto. Looking back on it, like I definitely look at it like it was corny, regardless of what people say. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, Berto the real. I yeah, mean, that's a that's a name though. That's right. a good name though. I guess. Like that's I not guess. a trash name. I don't know. I thought it was trash, man. Because nah. it and also it it just came from ego too. It came from like, and I'm not trying to downplay ego, but I just feel as mm-hmm. though like it came from a place of, I don't got shit to talk about other than like I'm real, like just know I got raps, you know. And um, it was all just like emotional. And you're how old expression. at this point? At this point, I'm probably like 17, mm-hmm. 17, 18. But the Young Toussaint thing came along when I actually started doing research on my own. Like doing research on on our history, learning what it means to be Haitian, Fair. being Haitian American. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of put a flip on like this whole idea of everybody like yo, I'm young this, young that, young whatever. It's like y'all all young bands, and I'm not trying to throw shade, but like just the names are they don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing, right? Like little and, mouse, right? You know, it's what are you saying? <laughs> so <laughs> like, young Toussaint really literally translates to like I'm trying to be the young Toussaint lover too. Okay. And somebody, it's funny you asked me that. Mm-hmm. Somebody on my uh, like I didn't realize I have my Instagram set up like a business page, mm-hmm. so my phone number was on the shit. Some nigga called me up and shout out to him too because I respect him. Like he, we had a, a cool conversation. But some nigga calls me up randomly like, "Hey, yo, I just wanted to call this number real quick, see if it work. Is this is this uh young, is this Tucson? Is this young Tucson?" I'm like, "Yeah." Nigga starts like basically he's from my hood, like he from Flatbush, feel me? So right. nigga really like tried to G-check me on using young Tucson cuz he was also Haitian and his whole thing was 
he feel as though he been in Flatbush putting in pain on the Haitian front, like as a Haitian American rapper, and he feel like he been representing as that a for Haitian some time. American rapper. Yeah, like he just felt like he been putting so pain. So the nigga called you for the name. Yeah, yeah, he was just like, yo, I just want to see what you, I want to see what you about. Like, I, he just basically wanted to test like what, where my mind was at, what what type of uh, shit I'm on. What he said specifically was like, I wanted to know if this was just some marketing bullshit for like 2019. Or if you a real person who really has this name. Like, he just kind of wanted to get a feel for what type of shit I was on. And at first, I was like, That's who is this nigga that yeah, G-checking, right? you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, yo, you know, these are questions yo. that you will be asked at some point in time if you really about your shit for real. And I mean... Yeah, if people care enough, if people care if people enough. care enough, that's and true. that's what I'm saying is like I I knew from jump he was a person because he was also Haitian, spoke Creole, but also was a hood nigga and, he's and a like rapper. right. So like I knew for him he cared deeper than like I'm another rapper and you competing with me. It's like. Yo, oh, like, so don't, you gonna have the name and not talk rap. about nothing. You probably talking about smoking weed. You oh, probably don't even do nothing. Like, okay, what you that. know about Tucson Lovitcher? What you know about Jean Jacques Dessalines? What you know about your actual history? Like, Damn. on some shit like that. And we literally went from him G checking me to us speaking for like an hour and a half. I never spoke to this nigga a day in my life. He called me up randomly. Like, I literally was on the phone and. I'm going to use, I, I ain't going to lie, my fault, I ain't want to violate, but I had to record some of it because I was like, yo, this shit would sound perfect on a project, nigga. <laughs> like, for real. Let's get- I, yeah, I recorded some of it. I'm going to use that shit for, for when the project dropped. Mm-hmm. But like, an hour and a half of talking to this nigga mm-hmm. and really just going back and forth and like, letting him know, like, nah, I'm not here for no bullshit, bro. Like, I'm not here for the hype. I ain't calling myself Young Tucson for no reason, you know, like, and I'm not trying to also make it seem as though I'm trying to be the leader of all black people or all Haitian people. Or, but, or Haitian rappers. Right, but at the same time, like, I'm I'm ready to, you know, contribute what I have to contribute, mm-hmm. and he got that, and we ended the conversation on, like, a level of mutual respect. I ain't hear from the nigga since, but... How long we, ago was this? This was probably, like, Maybe a month ago. A month ago? Yeah, maybe a month ago. Month and a half. It was real it was real surreal though. It felt good just like you can't tell me nothing, bro. Like I'm here for the same reason why I'm here for exactly and what I you understand. felt like you wanted me to. Yeah, I, I didn't understand him at first. I but mean, I did uh, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Like I probably <laughs> wouldn't have handled it. I was I... told to hang up the phone and I could have really let my ego get to me and been on some real masculine shit. Like, who are you, nigga? Like to call but, me talking about right. I'm a Haitian rapper from your right. hood and I wanted to see if you represent. Really about right. Yeah. And I just wanted to see like one, I wanted to see what he was really about and what because at the same time, if you really did this shit for as long as you said, especially in the time oh, where... He's, he's older than you. Yeah, yeah. Homie, yeah, like, 30-something, maybe 40-something. He had to I mean. have been that old. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So, that like, him doing sense. that and, like, for him to have been making music at a time where social media wasn't really popping like that, mm-hmm. especially out in Flatbush and right. especially on some Haitian shit, what, regardless of whether his shit was trash or not, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, I know shit was hard. I know it wasn't easy for you, so I have to respect, like, the work that you put in, supposedly, if you really did. Right. Know what I mean? So, that being said, I felt like there was something I could have also taken from the conversation, so it's not like I'm wasting my time. Yo, and I reached out to him maybe three weeks ago, like, yo, bro, I just wanted to say, I, you know, let's, let's link in, like, 
I appreciated the conversation from the other day, but then he hit me with some real like masculine ego shit. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. It was like, all right. Uh, I thought we actually, right. nigga, you stayed that, on so, my phone so for it, an hour so and a half. It, it's that moment was for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it made me realize, you know, sometimes you don't know what people is is really on, but. Yeah, so that's how I got Young Tucson, man. That's that's how I got okay. that, and I'm sticking with that shit. I might just drop Young once I feel like I'm not... Uh, young no more? Yeah, but then yeah. Young Thug been out here, and he, he about to be 40 or some shit. I don't know how old he is, but Young Thug is still Young Thug, right? So, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's true. It don't make no sense for me to drop it. I guess Thug, we all young at Lil heart Lil Wayne regardless. is still Lil Wayne. Right. He's not Wayne no more. Right. He, like, about to be 50. Right. I mean, we all young at heart, man. We all young at that's heart perfect. regardless. So, like... So who's a, who inspires you, like, musically or beyond that? Okay, yeah. Now my inspirations don't even come from music like that no more. And if they do, it's singers more than rappers. I feel like rap ain't been hitting as much as, like, shit don't touch my soul the way it used to. And I ain't even trying to, like, mm-hmm. you know, sub the industry or sub anything. But it's just, like, I feel like singers who are innocent, packed, Innocent Pack to me I've been jacking He was hip hop For like two years now But People wanted to debate me On on that too Cause they like Yo hip-hop. he a singing nigga They were like Yo he's just a... But like so dumb. His pen game is real And I love just like The sounds he Like How long did niggas Expect people to just rap Right Right, like, yeah. without any melody, m- melodic. Yeah, yeah. Like we were supposed to just rap for like fifty, sixty years until right. the, the shit deteriorated. Right. Like eventually, like the melodies would have entered. Like if people don't realize that, like fifty, like when you listen to Get Rich or Die Trying, he's singing every. My chorus. homie Chris actually shout out to Chris from Brooklyn Wildlife. He actually tells me like, yo, he <laughs> he think fifty is like. 50 an asshole Cause 50 basically Clowned Ja Rule For doing the singing rap shit Bro. And like Ruined his career And then went And did the same shit Yeah And made it work his hooks was Fire Yeah yeah man. yeah Can't take away from that Know what I mean Definitely Definitely And I, I think it was great for I used to Low key be a Drake hater Right um, shout out to another nigga I feel named like a Chris. Lot of people were. A yeah, lot of yeah, because we were like, yo, he taking all of our girls, man. This nigga Drake singing to y'all hearts and shit. She over there smiling and shit. You know, he was singing to y'all. But That's like, at the same time, shout out to the homie Chris Randall, um, debater. He actually opened my mind up a little bit because I used to be on some like, yo, what do Drake even talk about, man? Like, what he even do for niggas? And he was like, what? Because he's a real Drake fan for real. Like, I, what? I didn't understand but at the same it. time, like. He was like, he let Drake allowed for men to open up and get more in tune with their emotions, express that, express the way we feel about girls, the whole sing rap shit that he was on. There's just a certain level of access, especially for black men emotionally, that Drake was still able to touch that no but other it's artist still really. cool, though. Like, what? it's not like. He touched Oh, it he in, does it yeah, and it's still cool, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like, damn, you soft. You yeah, know, some people might not. call them soft, but at the end of the day, but that's those toxic masculinity. Are just like, yeah, yeah like, this niggas is definitely not in touch with Like, bro, emotions. I remember when Take Care came out and oh, people yeah. were really shitting on him. Yeah, it's sad. And like, 
after time went by, like we realized, all right, like that shit is fire. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you, you got to grow into it, type you shit. Do you have know, because we used and to the hard shit. Well. We used to everybody trying to be the hard motherfucker. Like everybody trying to be the yeah. You know, I really does this. My niggas been on the block for however long. Like we used to those stigmas and like all mm-hmm. that hard hard shit. So like it makes sense. It makes honestly, sense. besides Drake, Cuddy. I didn't really listen to Cuddy like that personally, I but I, I know Cuddy did I, that. Everything, everything else, that's everything else. That's the type of music that I listen yeah. to. Like, I can't really get into like Childish Gambino. Oh no, I wasn't. I was never able to get into Gambino, but I can still appreciate. Yeah, I what still, he did I musically. still appreciate like what he does. Yeah, his little quirky, awkward, nerdy shit. Yeah. Like, I fuck with it. Like, that's a different perspective in rap too. And he was very, I think, social awareness. Of where you are as a person mm-hmm. in your music is extremely 100% important. Because yeah. so many people were able to relate to Gambino. Whether they was white is a different story. But, like, at the end of the day, he was still able to, like, people related to him understanding where he was in the rap game. Like, all right, I, I'm kind of feel like an outsider. I'm not the nigga with the guns. I'm not the nigga with all of the women. But I feel you like, know? bro, like, why is that? Why do you... Like you as a black person, like why do you automatically attribute to that? I'm no. Yeah, he a, made that a point though. He did like, make that a point. I know too. that's the majority, but like when Kanye came out before all y'all. Yeah, and he when he came out, he was considered a backpack rapper too. But right. it's also like anything is different, man. At the end of the day, is always gonna catch some certain amount of flat. Like remember when when Lil Yachty and Lil Uzi first came out, and everybody was like. Who are these niggas with this hair? Like, I remember how much hate Lil Yachty got for saying he never really listened to Tupac like that. Yeah, like, but and it. nigga, they are so regular in comparison to everybody that's in the game now. Right. A six nine Takashi, but like when Yachty said like he don't listen to Biggie and stuff like that, I think that was just like a backlash or like an outburst in reaction to like how the game was talking about him. And the other young guys, like they like, oh y'all can't even rap, y'all trash. They going on to hot hot ninety seven, and one hundred five, and like Ebro is talking about like just being condescending from mm-hmm. jump, like, and yeah. oh you have to prove yourself to be here. Nah, like, Ebro, Ebro, I ain't gonna lie, me and Ebro, if I ever got into it, and I I I wanna God willing, universe willing, I mean. Me and Ebro gonna have to have a conversation because I feel like the way he be coming off towards like, you know, don't want to call it that old head shit, but I feel like the way he be coming off towards younger generations, even niggas like like shout out Stro, Stro. I remember Stro. I don't know if you know Stro. Uh, he's like he's still in my age bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, is he from he from East Flatbush, I believe. Like dope ass rapper, dope ass MC. Mm-hmm. Him and um, Ebro actually got into it one time because Stro was just saying like, "Yo, like I feel like I don't really be supporting New York artists like myself, not me. I don't really be. They don't. On, they don't. But like Ebro was kind of like, yeah, I think somebody should just be giving y'all shit. You ain't sell nothing out yet. You ain't do this, that, and the third. But why? But yeah, that video. shit right. You but know why? Why do I have to sell out like? A small room in Madison Square Garden to get a radio. Play. Capital, like, you know, capitalism, numbers, shit like that is what I guess he's on. But also it's like, all right, so if that's the case, bro, then where's the coach at? Because Stro was literally one of the only niggas at that point in time that was still, like, 
at, at our age, that was really still on some hip hop. Like I really rap shit. Like mm-hmm. I, I do rap. I got bars. Like him, Bishop Naru, and I think Stro was just a little after Joey Badass's whole wave right. popped off. Even Joey didn't really. I don't even think Joey really got that much love, like in nah, terms of radio so. play. I only heard one song ever make it to the radio I, from Joey nah, shit, I, I, and it was devastated. And that was like the that was when he started going pop a little bit. But at mm-hmm. the same time, niggas don't be supporting you know New York rappers like, for real. Even Dave East and Dave East is a hud nigga, but Dave East they still don't, don't even play get, him yeah. on the radio. Yeah, and true. I feel like. But the radio ain't as important it is as it used it's to be, not, though. But they're still relevant gatekeepers. Hell yeah, yeah. So you true. can't complain about the game, and then you don't do be your the best. change that you want to see. Basically, yeah, like yeah. to promote the change that you want to see. Like, yeah. like they're out here. Like, what uh, what work are you doing other than maintaining and pushing up your platform? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Like you're not doing. Ebro just sitting there, comfy. Like yeah, you're comfy. You get paid a lot of money. Yeah. I don't want to say this is just Ebro because it's not just Ebro. It's not just. But it's just. I'm gonna blame just Ebro though. <laughs> I don't know no other. Like I, I'm sorry. I'm literally every other personality that I've seen do these interviews is so much better than this nigga. Like Sway, you don't see. I met Sway. You don't see none of that bullshit. Like I still you, like Ebro's interview style. I do because his shit is real nigga ish, and I respect that. Right. But it's too abrasive. It's smart. It's smart. It's as smart. Well, but sometimes and calculated. it is abrasive. Like yeah. sometimes Charlemagne could be abrasive, but but Charlemagne can still articulate himself, but like beyond his ego right. and beyond like the masculinity of like, well, I know what I'm talking about. Right. I, I'm this person. I've been here. Charlemagne can really have a conversation with you right. and like go. Levels. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, he'll go down that shit with you. Right. Ebro is very much at just the door and this, just the surface level of like, all right, so this what you got going on? How you feel about this? Nah, man, I ain't hearing that, man. It's just like, yeah. what, what do we really? And what Rosenberg, Rosen, exactly. But Rosenberg like offsets Rosen, that though. Rosenberg is the yes. The we need Rosenberg to make Ebro still like. If I, Rosenberg was it there, it would be horrible. But I think he knows that. Yeah, I think he does. He, yeah, he does. Like, and he t- he talks to Ebro about it too. Yeah, so you see it. Yeah, it's a lot of personality. And shout out to um, I was Angela Yee. Come on, we gotta shout out the women too who who fact. run the podcast. Angela Yee and um, what's her name? Uh, from from uh, Ebro in the morning. Damn, I wish I. I don't want to <laughs> do that. I don't want to do that though. I want to shout her out. But some Rodriguez or something like that. She's Spanish. Angie. Martinez Angie Martinez <laughs> I Rodriguez. said Rodriguez Angie Martinez Thank you nah, Thank you Thank Angie you Thank you is, uh, Angie is just I Like I don't think a lot of people Pay attention to her But That's her how inter- it is Her interview style is It makes it like that though. Yeah You Like You you, never, you don't really Recognize How well Angie Held the interview Because She made it all about the artist yeah. And he's talking and mm-hmm. she's just chilling, and she they're just spewing the information like clockwork. That what I noticed, though, is know. that the women always kind of get lost amidst the niggas just talking. It's like the niggas will... Like, I notice a lot of the times it'll be DJ Envy and Charlemagne, like, communicating and talking to the person, mm-hmm. and Angela Yee will try to come in every now and then, but, like, her voice will still kind of be either overpowered or just simply put not necessarily heard by the other That's people true. on the panel. 
you know, and that I see. Angie. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Angie is Angie. I yeah. feel like Angie should have a TV show, like Wendy Williams has a TV show. Yeah, like an Angie Martinez show would be dope as hell. That would be fire. I thought she had one. I think that was supposed to come, but I don't know what happened. Yeah, but yeah, hey, um, so you did a showcase. So you did a showcase called No Mic Needed. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a um a showcase with Deanna and Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit was real dope. It was really like house party vibes too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the idea and shout out to Artery as well. Like Artery is another um, you know, platform website I've been working with. Okay. Uh, shout out to the homie Vladik. He's the the CEO. Uh, homie Chris Carr again from Brooklyn Wildlife. Uh did like an event with uh Deania Shea at her crib mm-hmm. through Artery. At her crib. Yeah, at her crib actually. So Artery is about um, you know, having these performances in intimate spaces. Right. You don't necessarily need a mic. If you can get up to ten to fifteen people inside of a space and you know, like whatever y'all are doing if people are willing to pay, like, you as a host, you can make money in your own apartment. Like, it's just calm shit, whether you want to have a cookout. Arteries or what? Uh, uh, artery.is. It's a, it's a platform website. It's okay. a website. Um, You create. It's kind of like Facebook for artists. Okay. You create your own account, your own profile. If you want to host something, you can host. And it's kind of trying to just uh, get away from this idea of, like, we need venues as artists to make money or you need... uh. Anybody else is going to exploit you and your want for creation uh, just to do what you want to do. Like, uh, the idea is that you have all of the power. Like, right now, if I wanted to put a show together, I could just go on the website, find somebody with a crib that could fit a good enough amount of people, and then, boom, the show's on. I got to host everything like that. Um, So, yeah, Arteries is a platform for everybody. Yeah, and I did that shit um, with Deanny. It was real dope. I got my homie um, Karan... Call me K to uh, bartend the event and you know cater for the alcohol. Mm-hmm. We got fucked up. We smoked hella weed. Had some performance in the spot. We had a good turnout. Right. Had some chips and salsa. All types of shit. It was real dope. I would love to do it again. It's intimate, so it was cool. Yeah, you know, I would love to do that shit again. I ain't have a house party vibe like that in a minute, and it was it was dope that I was able to like, you know, help put that together with her. Diani killed her shit. She performed too. Mm. You know, I had Janique perform as well. Janique music, yeah. She pulled up and performed. I hope to bring her on here one day. Yo, Janique would be dope on this. She definitely would come through. She's definitely always came through for my things. Me and Sasha. Whenever you needed her, yeah. Yeah, so she'll definitely come through. Janique would definitely be lit on this. And it was cool to have her there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, man. Uh, who else? Abu Shadi, Abu Shadi, shout out Abu Shadi. He also performed that night. Mm-hmm. But now nah, I'm a, I'm trying to see if we could keep this no mic needed thing going uh, beyond just that spot because since it's her crib, it's a little harder to, you know, because mm-hmm. she has roommates. But even finding another spot and setting up there, like it would be dope to continue the no mic needed thing. And I'm trying to just get other events up and running, too. That's I've just fair. noticed it's hard as a curator, like, doing shit by yourself. Yo. I notice how real that you shit is. You need a team. You do need a you team. You do need a team. You do need a team. And um, at, what are, like, some of your favorite performance venues, like, outside of, like, the oh. Artery thing? Uh, 
I think first one that comes to mind, I've performed a few times over the past couple months at The Nest. Um, okay. Where is that? That is in Brooklyn at Flat, it's, um, Flatbush Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's actually in my area, so it's really dope to be performing in my own neighborhood. It's only like a few blocks away from the crib I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, where else? Damn, I mean, I really fucked with SOBs. I've only performed at SOBs once, but I really fucked with the energy there. Um, honestly, bro, for me, I like performing. I don't really care about the prestige of the venue. Mm-hmm. I think as long as the obviously you gotta have some form of lighting at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was cool for me to perform at any other spot when I was first starting out, but now it's like if if y'all handle just the vibe on the inside, I really just care about the turnout. You right. know, like if it's Who's a good enough, is, exactly, is exactly. As long as there's a good enough amount of people there, like outside of however money, much amount of money is being made, how much mm-hmm. money I'm gonna make outside of all that, as long as there's a good enough amount of people there, like I have energy to feed off of type shit, right. and that just helps me perform even better. You know, and I know you're supposed to be able to perform the same way when it's two people versus when it's two hundred. But it's gonna be way better. It's yeah. It's just it feels a, yeah. Way better, yeah. It's Treble. Just, that's I, I shout out Treble. I should have said FM. that. Treble FM mm-hmm. was like. Uh, is that a venue? I thought that was like a station. Is that a venue or a station? What um. So the venues change. Treble has different venues that they work in, but mm-hmm. like just the platform itself as well. It's an app as well. Right. But like Treble FM, the best show I've had to date ever was like at Treble one day. Yeah, when how much I, people? Um. It was only probably like 50, like 50 or 60. But at this point, that's a lot. That's like a lot. for me right now, yeah, that's a lot of people. But I mean, and the spot was, it was just, I fed off the energy mm-hmm. and I still got video and all that shit from it. But that's my best um set to this day. Like I had, uh, I did everything. And I also, what was cool about it was I performed and the homie Dama Dozen was to my right. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this moment in time, I, I like, me and him weren't really too well acquainted. I had seen him a few times. Right. But, like, I didn't I didn't feel like he was aware of, you know, like, just the fact that I, I made music for real. Right. Um, so, and I know it's probably a whole bunch of niggas that probably tell him shit like that. Like what? Uh, that, you know, yeah, I make music. You know, I spit, I rap. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever. But, like, Dama Dozen... For me, especially being a pro era fan too, like I don't believe he was a part of pro era, but and even if he was, my my fault. But like him and Cap Steez grew up uh, like making music together and shit. Mm-hmm. They went to school together. They were close friends, things of that nature. Right. So he has a song called Swing Sinatra with like pro era and shit like that, which is how I first um you know got hip to him. And so for me to be performing. Especially at a time where it was really, really, like, my low point. Like, now I'm kind of getting back up, but I was really, really low. And all I had to look forward to in that moment was just the show. So as I'm performing, and I see him putting me up on his story, and, like, I just seen him showing love, like, on some real nigga shit, like, some real Brooklyn shit. You know, like, just seeing him show love and knowing that he's somebody that... That's all it takes. Yeah, really spit with... You know, legends, and mm-hmm. he and himself could also be considered like, yo, a Brooklyn MC legend. Like he been out here playing and work for a minute. He got song. He got a song right. with Fab called That Chicken. Like, shout out to his whole Crown Fired um, mixtape mm-hmm. album. Like, shout out to all that. So it was just really dope. Um, performing at Trouble, having my best performance to date there, and 
you know, having him over there in the corner and shit, shit like that. But you, the, you call it your best performance to date. Like, how have you grown from like when you started to now? Oh, like what improvements have you felt that you've made? I think now it's uh I think now compared to when I first started performing, mm-hmm. I still get nerves, but I'm not nervous anymore. Right. When I first started performing, I used to be nervous as hell, sweating, like could barely talk to niggas, like I don't want to smoke before I go up. I right. might fuck my whole shit up, like mm-hmm. and those are growing pains, but now I feel as though I'm comfortable enough to like still get nerves because I'm excited to how it's going to go mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I do my best but never get nervous enough to the point where I'm like damn I don't know if I'm really trying to do this it used to be times where I'd be so scared of performing that I'd be like damn did I really want to perform tonight or am I just like saying that and now mm-hmm. it's like it's something like somebody tell me to perform anywhere like alright cool let's get it I you think know? it's because of your like yourself development and your preparation hell yeah because i feel like back then like you were confident that you knew how to rap but it wasn't like one two three yet yeah but as you like really got into it like now it's just like all right like i got clips for days right (laughs) especially yeah i let off on y'all niggas man like especially (laughs) being in front of being in front of so many people like after so long it's just like all right, cool. I know what it takes to get immersed into the performance. What it used to be was like, and I think this is where mm-hmm. my most recent development is at, is like, it used to be I'm performing for y'all. Right. Now it's like, I'm vibing with my music. Like, now this is me performing for right. myself in yeah, a sense, like but I'm en- one with the song. I genuinely enjoy this. If y'all want to come with me on right. this experience right. of what I'm doing, for y'all right then you i get it and that's where you get the best like the best performances because there's something called duende Mm -hmm. i remember when i uh i had performed at a venue called unruly that's another performance venue i love Mm -hmm. unruly shout out marcus jade unruly that's another artery flex but like i remember i performed at that venue and some dude came up to me he was like you ever heard of a writer called um i forgot some spanish writer but he was just like yo he he uh, has something that he refers to as Duende and I could tell this dude doesn't really listen to rap music at all mm-hmm. um, but like he was just like he listens to words though and he likes lyricism so he was like there's something called Duende and I think you should really look it up It was, and I ended up looking it up and he was just telling me that he gets a lot of it from my performance when I looked up Duende Duende is basically that moment in a performance whether it be flamenco dancers or you know basketball players or sports or whatever like Mm -hmm. singers it's that moment that makes like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up gives you goosebumps it's that moment when you're watching yeah like when you're watching someone perform and you know Mm -hmm. they're not here no more type shit like they're not here with you yeah they're They're, just in their like their focus right they've channeled that a certain energy and that was just pure art you know so like when he told me that I was like shit I need some of that I need more of that. That's what I'm looking for. You know, that Duende is real and that shit, like, and that's what I'm, um, that's my most recent project in the works and development in the works of how do I get that? I think, you know? I think you get that by, like, consistency and just, like, oh, hell yeah. preparation. Yeah. Like, just like Kobe, like, taking all them shots. Yeah. Like, it's in his subconscious now. All he has to do is pull up and make it. Mm-hmm. And, 
he has full confidence mm-hmm. in his shot because right. he's done this thousands of times. That confidence is real yeah, shit, too. Yeah, it's a yeah. real thing. Like, like, preparation really beats anything. Mm-hmm. And once it's second nature to you and you just do this, like, there's nothing stopping it That's at all. Shit. At all. That's real shit. Like, so you are a rapper in New York. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Yes, and, indeed. Like, you've been Brooklyn, out here. Brooklyn. So, like, talk to me about, like, some of the experiences you've experienced, whether crazy or not, like, being an up-and-coming rapper in New York City. Shit. I honestly, personally, like, I love to come up in New York, and it's crazy because I still ain't even came up all the way yet. But, like, <laughs> I, I've i already enjoyed... Um, there's always going to be... You know, there's sharks out here just like everywhere else. Right. Motherfuckers in New York always trying to get up over on a nigga. And I participated in some things that weren't necessarily 100% beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I've still been able to build a following just off of, you know, the music that I've made, performances I've done. Like, mm-hmm. everybody I have on my gram, I made my gram when I first started performing. Right. So everybody that's on my gram knows me as, like, Tucson for the most part. They all know me through just nothing but music. That's true. Um, and that being said, it's like, it's been real dope, just the community aspect of shit, me and so many different people being plugged in into certain things. Like, if anybody come to New York and they see, like, a rap event going on in Brooklyn mm-hmm. or whatever the case is, if they show me who's putting it together, chances are I know who that person is, you know, yeah, or like, know at right least Yeah, now, bro, like, because like, I, I, the viewers don't know, I used to put on open mics and yeah, stuff like yeah. that and that's how I met you. Yeah. And um right. now like I love story, right? Right up the block. Yeah, yeah. right up the block. Love story, the other spot, like now all those people I see them at other other venues when I pop out into mm-hmm. that crowd occasionally. Mm-hmm. And like it's always love and it's just good to see people grow, bro. Right. And like after so much it's time. not always Attaining the top spot That's the best mm-hmm. Like as lo- I feel like As long as you're an artist And you know how to Monetize yourself properly mm-hmm. Like You'll be fine And like, shout out to my manager too Cause that's what we Like That's what we working on now Is like Just trying to make sure We get into that That yeah, professional like, just, groove Just put it Put it down now Music Is A royalty business And mm-hmm. music is A streaming business now So that means You have The ability c- To create financial income for you mm-hmm. long term and I think it's crazy because people don't even like how you're long term people don't even realize like a lot of it too is putting money up that's true and for me as a person I'm normally like if I don't feel like the the pros outweigh the cons I'm not giving you a dime right that's so true. like my brother um, you know my manager he's he's on some like all money and type shit. Real Nipsey Hustle, like, you know, the marathon continues. Like, he's on some, like, yo. There's no other way to live, bro. Period. So, like, for him, he's brought me to, uh, like, I've performed at a few of these Hot 97 showcases and shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, DJ Envy was in the building, like, things of that nature. And, you know, he he don't mind putting up the bread for me to be in certain situations or certain areas or have certain performances regardless of whether they will lead to whatever's promised, whether it's supposed to be, like, a media with an A&R yeah. or, you know, like, it's just a matter of his whole mentality is, like, yo, 
just want make you I just want people to be familiar with your face in a sense. You know, like I just want you to be yeah. able to be in these places. You go to somewhere and let's say for example, you perform one time at a spot and I don't know, Jay Z was there or T I was there or some shit like that. Right. Just the idea of you even being there, you don't even have to have a conversation with them. They don't even gotta know your name. Just the idea of you being seen at some point in time, further on down the line, when you continue to do your shit and do your work, mm -hmm. you have a report where you can be like, yo. I performed a, here. Right. A year or two back, like, I could be on The Breakfast Club in an interview like, yo, bro, like, it was a point in time where I was performing in the venue and DJ Envy was like, he was literally, he just got paid for a walkthrough. He just sat up in the back and did nothing but eat his food. He wasn't even paying <laughs> attention to the niggas that no. was performing. Yeah. And, you know, and that's real shit. Like, that's niggas, true. everybody was, you know, everybody's hungry to get on. So everybody's like, I don't care how much money I got to pay. DJ Envy going to be there. He going to watch me perform. I'm going to go. It's and Envy's, he's just, shit, nigga, I'm getting two bands for me to be up in here and eat some good-ass food. I don't give a fuck what these niggas doing. And, but, you know, that's that's real shit. And... I can't I can't fault him for it. You can't. I can't. But at the same time, I, I also know that like, you know, that still adds to my story in the mm -hmm. sense. And it still adds to like what you have to communicate and just being a regular like, I can say that I was there. That's definitely you know, in front of people's faces, being recognized, putting up money, all money yeah, in. Yeah, okay. Like I realize now that like Money, like everybody tells you to save your money, you know, like, and you should save your money and you should have a savings account, something to fall back on if anything happens. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you're a creative and or you're trying to reach like a goal of something like budget yourself as especially when you're young, just put as much money into what you're doing as possible. Mm -hmm. Cause money is just energy, mm -hmm. and this is gonna move you forward. Like, if I have to, like we've we've built like photo studios and stuff like that, and we had to spend two hundred, three hundred dollars, or a whole paycheck on a backdrop and a green screen. Mm -hmm. And that's and, still not even the whole studio, right? Yet. That's not the whole studio yet. But the fact that we bought it, now we're able to do to so much more mm -hmm. just because we made that investment already. And that right. wall of making the investment is where a lot of people get stuck at. Because that shows your real commitment, too. If you're too scared to lose money through doing right. it, then you're not committed. Like, you you're going to lose money. Yeah. Like, people are going to fail. Like, no business makes, makes uh, not a lot of businesses make great profit the first year they're in business. It takes time. Mm. It takes remodeling. It takes a push of the brand that you have. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand that you're going to have to pay it forward. And then eventually right. it will come back to you. Everything is not instant. So, like, you just have to make, maintain consistency and get ready for that moment mm. in which you're at the point where you can finally break through with something. Mm -hmm. And if not, you like, see it through. if not, if you're already on that type of timing, when you get to that point, or if you never get to that point, you've done cultivate cultivated so much new traits and positive traits about yourself that can take you wherever. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're definitely learning through this process about the meaning of hard work, 
the meaning of a backup plan, the meaning of how to plan something, right. and be responsible. Like you're learning this, you're this is this is teaching you mm-hmm. what you need to learn in life, but you just have to like see it as that. You know what see I'm saying? See that shit through. It's funny, my see brother. See it through. My brother actually like, I always used to tell him like, "Yo, bro, like." You be so ready to drop bread, like you always working and shit like that, and you know you gotta hold on to the money, man. Like you know you could do other things with your shit. And he just, oh, he said like, yo, bro, at the end of the day, I'm not a fan of money. I'm a fan of what money makes people do. True. And I was like, shit. I mean, when you put it like that, it has changed my whole perspective. It's mm-hmm. like. At the end of the day, it's because I was in this mentality of like, damn, bro, like money is so valuable. Keep it. Yeah, but not realizing that the people, the people that are the most valuable part. Right. The people that are the most valuable part of like that exchange because they are the ones who do something as a result of receiving it. Exactly. For it. Exactly. So that being said, like that shit really taught me. It was just like, wow. You know, so. Yeah, man. Sometimes you do have to. Not even sometimes you do have to invest in yourself and invest in your craft. And I feel like I, I wish I would have did that shit. Like I got a laptop now. I'm looking at these microphones. Like yo, like who I got to talk to? Like yo, what right. I got to say, bro? Like I went to audio school, and that one decision and me attaining everything that they gave me opened up so much lanes for me, bro. Mm. And you don't know how much shit I was able to get done with a laptop and a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like, and just maximizing, like, what you have. Like, people don't maximize what they have. They just worry about what they don't have. And then they just, they give up. Like, that isn't really, it's not really conducive to your growth. Right. Like, you have to, you have to just maximize what you have. And you have to maximize your relationships and your opportunities to leverage yourself forward. Because that's exactly what you want to do. And I'm not saying that we're all going to become multi-million dollar artists. But as long as we're enjoying what we're doing and that's our Mm -hmm. purpose. Like, of course, we want to make this chicken. Period. Of course. Period. But, but, But you have to enjoy what you're doing. Bro, like, if people, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I wanted to also ask you, like, what is, like, your favorite part of this line of work? Like, because this is your job. Like, this is what you do. Honestly, my favorite part of the line of work is just, um, creating, it has to be the creation. It has to be, like, the release of when you finally get something down on the paper and you're like, damn, like, that's exactly how I was feeling. I could not have summed that up any better. And just, like, the chase of trying to continue to make things that, you know, represent me. But um, I feel like I still haven't... uh, I, I feel like my sample size right now is extremely limited in terms of, like, what I can say my favorite part is simply because I have yet to really, um, you know, enjoy the grandeur of other things, like... My thing is, I'll create some shit, and as dope as I might have thought it was in the moment, mm-hmm. my overthinking and my own, like, you know, my own insecurities hold me back from just saying, fuck it, and, and just put out. it out, you know? So That 
that's a big pet peeve of mine, bro. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of artists that hold a lot of great music. We sensitive about our shit, bro. That is literally us. I like I it's like it's like you looking at me naked, nigga. Like I that's know. how real that shit is, bro. Like niggas letting some shit out for you that we made in our own like artists in general, that's just how I it understand. is. You also understand through I making definitely beats, understand. I mean. Because not even just making beats, like I've done so many things mm-hmm. that people haven't seen. Like I've started different shows with other people and I've done I've done a whole bunch of things that people's never seen that I've I've worked on for months mm-hmm. and it hasn't come came out. But I think that it's it's a little counterproductive if you're creative and you're not putting anything out. Hell yeah. Like we have streaming now. Like the the system is not the same anymore. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. That's that's also like sometimes niggas don't realize that, and not just you, but like people in general don't realize that the process of putting music out now is so much different from what it was. Like even when I first started rapping mm-hmm. and like putting music out, maybe two three years ago. Right. Before it was like you could throw some shit up on SoundCloud and everybody would go to SoundCloud and listen to it. Everybody would repost it. Niggas have like the SoundCloud app is very prevalent, but SoundCloud is dying now. Right. And as we move more and more towards like streaming services, it's like the idea of getting some shit up on Spotify or Tidal or iTunes is different because you have to worry about like the legality surrounding it. So for whereas for people like us who uh, might not have a budget to spend on beats, like for me right now for this project. What, legal, uh, what legality? So, like, uh, for example, right, for this project right now, mm-hmm. um, as I'm putting it together, the instrumentals, I don't own the rights to until you make a purchase. Like, you and the, you have to, uh, there's a contract that goes into, That's like, true. purchasing a beat. So, as an artist who might not have a budget, like, right now for this project, I could tell you off top, like, just the beats alone, $800 for all of them mm-hmm. collectively. So, that being said, it's like, you want to get the track stem so that the shit can come out sounding official and like you have right. you can reconstruct or reconfigure the beat things like that but then on top of that it's like you have to already dole out the bread then you have to worry about recording time getting the right take right. going to the stew and it's a lot of shit that you know is it dependent on you like the thing about being an artist that I've been learning especially from like Nipsey is like you want to be the most independent you can the first thing you want right. to do Buy your own studio. Buy your own equipment. To me, that also means stop using YouTube beats. Right, but the thing is... I mean, is, they be fire and you need something real quick so you can get your shit off. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like you'll, you'll create something really good and mm-hmm. really dope. And then you'll have to worry about buying this beat from some random guy from Nebraska. Yeah. And that's true. You don't know him, but that's the that's the contrast, right? So like when you compare that to, let's say I'm out here and my homie makes beats, mm-hmm. his beat might not do what that beat did for me. You know, like that's his beat true. is not gonna take, and that's just one level. The second level is his shit might not even be mixed properly. He might not even know necessarily what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Might not have a studio for us to record at. Then it's third, like whether or not I really do fuck with the instrumental, and then it's also. I've, I went on that chase mm-hmm. of, like, all of the producers I fuck with that I know personally can really make some shit, 
and then realizing that that is so much more difficult than even niggas who are still a beat from YouTube. Because the producers, when you talk to them in person and you're really trying to get a beat from them in person, and mind you, they're not really popping either. Mm-hmm. It's like they're just as protective of they shit as you are. I don't care how nice you are as a producer. I'm not going to give you my beat just because I, I want to, you know, and it's like it's so much other shit with that. So some of them feel like, all right, this is my nicest beat, bro. So, like, right. I don't know if I want to give this to right. you, no offense. Right, and you but, can't even monopolize it because you go to one producer, he might have only but two, three beats that work for you. Mm-hmm. The rest of the beats are just like, it might work for other people, but it don't talk to you and it don't speak to you. And then it might not even be, like, in comparison to the beat you had on YouTube, the production is levels, levels, levels different. Like, it might not bring out the same energy from you. That's so true. I've even seen, like, the perils of it. I don't think it has to be either or, but I do feel like, for me, other people will take a beat from YouTube, and that's their song, and that's it. <laughs> you know, like, I, all right, this is not, that's me. For me, find me. right, when I get a beat on YouTube... I'll even even if I'm in the same wave, I want you to find me so that even if you do feel like you have to sue me, I'm gonna get paid. You gonna get paid. That also means that the beat and the song collectively mm-hmm. did well, so you should fuck with me. And now we have a partnership. Now I can really come to you as a producer and things of that nature, you That's know. True. But it's just it's just a mentality thing. Like I do like the idea of like I tried to stray away from YouTube beats, but then I realized how fucking hard it is to really find good ass producers as well especially with the type of shit that I'm doing now everybody's on some trap shit everybody's just like 808s and I just want to make a Playboy Cardi type beat I can't say nothing on that I could make a good song but I can't really I'm not enjoying myself rapping to that you know not enjoying yourself it's just difficult man it is that makes sense still if you're dedicated enough and you really want your music out you're going to get your shit out. You're going to work hard to make you're sure it find happens. Way. The exactly. energy is going to find you. Period. Period, bro. Period. So, uh, uh, so leading into that, like, what advice would you give, like, somebody that's just starting or, you know, like, I know you're still up and coming, but at the yeah. same time, like, who, what advice would you give to somebody about, you know, some of the mistakes that you made? I'll be telling them niggas, start performing immediately. Mm-hmm. I'll be telling niggas, like, yo, you need to deal with you'll know if music is for you the moment you start performing if you start performing and mm-hmm. niggas even if they give you the courtesy clap like you also have to be aware of the courtesy clap like and what it is right and then it's also like if they really fuck with you fuck with your shit they'll fuck with your shit mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of getting people to hear your shit and things of that nature mm-hmm. outside of that I think it's also you got to do your research. I wish I would have just knew everything I had to do from the jump. And I can't fault myself for that. But at the same time, it's like, I know if I knew everything now mm-hmm. that I uh, didn't know from the jump. Like, in terms of what? In terms of uh, s- structuring music, in terms of trying to structure a song, in terms of putting a project together, in terms of, Again, the legality surrounding the beats and instrumentals. I have songs on my SoundCloud that I would love to be able to redo, mm-hmm. but the producer already sold them exclusively. So I literally cannot make uh, that song over, record it over in a that's higher a, quality type of... YouTube beat problem. Right. If you don't purchase it and you were just a nigga like me who's like just imagine, taking it off of YouTube... Yo, 
I know I know two guys from separate hoods mm-hmm. that got a fire song on the same YouTube beat. Yeah. Now imagine yeah. one of them bought it. You tight, but you that's tight. how it's supposed to be. You know, like a nigga that um I actually like, and he shall not be named. <laughs> But like there was a nigga in in the community who also like has a song on the same beat that I had a song on, and mm-hmm. I felt like for a little bit there was a little bit of animosity or like he felt a certain way towards me because of the fact that we did a beat on the same song. And that's dumb you know? as hell. It is dumb as hell, but at the end of the day, like I feel it because all you doing is comparing your shit to my shit, and all I'm doing is comparing my shit to your shit, even though we on the same beat. It's like mm-hmm. the first thing you gonna think as a nigga is like. My shit better than his shit though, you know. So that's like, a, yeah, it, that's, it, that's a rapper, right? So at the end of the day, like, mm-hmm. you know, there is certain. I, I feel like you, there's balance. You mm-hmm. always gonna have shit like that happening. But um, personally, man, like I do fuck with the fact that those avenues are open for you to still create and find shit. So I think is a, I guess the only thing that can really be taken away in terms of advice. Make that shit like. A study Like make it a habit Make it like research I really The past two days like, I really will be up in the crib Doing nothing But just watching videos About independence In the music industry Watching how other people Marketed their own shit Watching how other people Released their shit Thinking about like You know Doing research on What are the most Impactful Or like some of the best Albums of all time Not just hip hop wise mm-hmm. Looking at cover art Seeing how certain cover art is received and what makes certain cover art iconic and things of that nature like seeing how certain people's literally just the picture that's on the front of the project can literally make someone feel a certain way about it and that shit can make or break your album right you know so like just seeing what goes into so many different aspects of the music and Mm -hmm. listening to other people listen to niggas who really have done this shit like listen to niggas who really have done this shit and done it on big levels and, and allowed them to... the way you want to do it as well. Right. So that's why I've been listening to specific niggas. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. everybody's the same, but certain niggas that tell you, like, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have the most control over your shit, and that's what I'm trying to get to right now. Get myself a microphone, get myself a recording set up. I already got the laptop, right. you know, things of that nature, and just being able to have... I, I'm about to learn Photoshop and shit so that Nigga, I can... As yeah. much skills as you need, to get as much things as you can done, yeah. learn that shit. Right. This podcast, I know how to edit it. I know mm-hmm. how to record. If I was in there, I would know how to work that. <laughs> how to record <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I had to, like, I learned it, and now I understand it, and now I know, like, I had to, well, I already, I learned that in school, but I, I know Photoshop, video editing, like, all the things that encompass this. Mm-hmm. And it makes things so much easier because I don't have to worry about, like... Of course, I, I definitely want, like, an editor to, like... So I can delegate the responsibility and, like, yeah, and no, I you can, can work just worry, about, something just else, worry yeah. about this and that'll be good. But until you can do that... Until I can do that, yeah. like, I'm fully capable of handling it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to, <laughs> like, somebody who's just focusing on that. Right. That's why, like, that'll definitely come down the line. But, but still enough to make it happen. Still enough make to work. make it happen, make it work, and get it out. Right. And the big thing for me is getting it out. Because a lot of people just don't get out their shit. And, like, you're sitting on gold mines of things for years. And then you fall out of touch 
with the music that you've made that nobody's heard. Yeah. And then now you don't even want to use it. And you had a moment. You did have a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now you don't have it anymore. That's very true. But I also wanted to ask you, like, if you were, let's say you weren't a musician, where, where do you think you would be right now? What do you think you would be doing? Shit, man. That shit is so hard because, like, if I wasn't a musician, I'd still be doing something involved with creation. Um, if I wasn't a musician, I'd I'd probably be acting. You'd probably be acting. I'd probably be acting. I'd probably I probably would have really went Try the to acting act. route. I haven't really tried to act before. No, I'm acting. I I didn't ask you if you're trying to act. I asked like um you would have tried to act. Oh yeah, I'd have definitely like, went like school. I don't went to school for theater. Like I'd have did all that shit. Is that your second passion now? I I is growing into that. Yeah. I, like I'm never really I just love uh, Man Denzel I don't know if I told you last time But Denzel Washington is like That's That's, that's like, the man for you That's, that's who like, I'm trying to be nigga Like that's who I aspire <laughs> to be I aspire to be Denzel I was looking at my birth chart And all that shit last night Come to find out Me and him got the same ascendant So I'm like Oh yeah <laughs> nigga Like we out here nigga Like I got Denzel in my blood So You know I just Uh Acting is definitely something that I felt like I could apply myself to. Or I feel like I feel like once you drive yourself towards that direction, and I definitely feel like you should cultivate that mm-hmm. as well. Like just little things, like just do some little things that involve theater. Yeah. But um, do you think acting or directing or producing, like bro, think like all that shit? Mm. I personally feel as though. And that's why I like instead of me detracting from the music and being like, all right, cool. What I'm about to do is, uh, you know, go to school for acting and devote some time to just that. Mm-hmm. What I thought I would do is use the music videos for me to also work on that. And like, I can direct the videos. I can come up with shot by shot for the videos. Like, I can literally just be like, all right, cool. This is the story. This is the theme. I can write everything down, like in terms of what, uh, you know, said aloud parts would be before the video actually starts, right. shit like that. So I actually, it's like I can still, you know, uh, kind of chase that mm-hmm. through uh, through the music videos and things of that nature. So I'm gonna definitely like, in terms of directing the shit, my homie, like this nigga Kamal, like directed his whole. Uh, he had like four or five different songs and music videos for him that all linked into each other. He directed that himself. He was never in um, the the videos at all, except for the first one. But like other than that, he directed the rest of them with his homies that act and, and he shit wasn't, like that. He was. It was five videos and he wasn't in four of them. He yeah exactly exactly. That's mad interesting. Right, and he directed them shits himself. Put his homie on my homie Michael. Shout out to Michael Excel, dope ass mm-hmm. actor too. He got Story Ave, like, that's another, um, you know, uh, film, short film that he's in. And, like, he was the lead actor for um, his music videos, and they all are correlated with each other. So seeing him do that made me be like, yo, I could do the same shit. You know, like, why not? Like, and he's helping me put my own video together and shit like that. So I'm just trying to take notes and just keep learning. So, yeah, man, I'm definitely trying to get on this acting shit. I think acting would be my other... Would be flex. Theater school would be fucking good for you, bro. I would love that. Um, so lastly, like you're still 
like working your way through the ranks of things mm-hmm. how do you see and view like the game right now and like the place it has for you if it does if it doesn't like how do you see the game right now I think the game is wide motherfucking open I think I do too yeah I don't think there's any real competition right now. I don't want to say it like that. I don't want it to sound cocky or whatever. I just think that's what it but is. I don't even think when you say that, like, I don't think you're saying it in terms of you versus everybody. Yeah. I, I think you're saying it and in terms of, like, dominance. Like, yeah. nobody's dominating right now. The niggas People that's at good. the top, the niggas that's at the top and are dominating, we're already at the top. Yeah, but, like, you know? they're not, but the, it's, they're not really showing that consistently. That's true because they already had it. So like, like, I feel like I the most consistent is probably Drake. But like, but that's I don't even call, I, I don't count that one after the Ghost Ryan shit. It was clip. But like even clip, yeah even, yeah for me it was clip because it's like the moment so you can't nigga, be you can't be the best according to Young Tucson you can't be the best if anybody helped you. When you say help, it depends on what you're saying. When you mm-hmm. helping me make a song is not you writing the lyrics to the song. Helping me make a song is maybe like you throwing out a theme, you giving me a certain like direction I should go so, in. Okay, so if a nigga give you a cadence, like oh yeah, a cadence that's fine. You're not helping me write this shit. You feel me? Like a cadence. Because I, I I do feel like he had help. But I feel like those songs wouldn't have been shit if he didn't touch them. You understand what I'm trying nah, to say? Nah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. So like, I respect his artistry as well. I can't like, take away from like, that. Even when you listen to the reference tracks, and I don't I don't even think people listen to the reference tracks. I think people heard the shit, heard the first turn 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and they were like, nah, this nigga's, this nigga's crazy. Like, yeah. The <laughs> reference goes, track was yeah. kind of trash. But, but like, when yeah. you listen to the reference track and you literally like listen to the lyrics of it, and how he changed it around, mm-hmm. like it's like, huh? Mm-hmm. It's different. I and just then, also feel like he's not saying nothing that's like, I'm number one. You know, like I think he's number one in terms of being the rap capitalist, making as much money, making as many streams, I whatever, feel, whatever. I feel like, I feel like he's saying it, and he has comparable talent to claim that compared to everybody else. Like, I don't think he's the most talented, of mm-hmm. course. Like, he's not the most lyrical. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he, like we said earlier, like, he has the most moments. But, yeah, hell yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, when the you come from Degrassi, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, you came from yeah. Degrassi, bro. Yeah. Like, and all you niggas been rapping for years of your life. All you've been doing is rapping. You've been in the hood, and now you're out. And then, like. Like what do you right? Like J Cole is an interesting but like figure for me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like since Born Sinner and like Forest Hill Drive, like I like KOD, but since those albums, like he hasn't really been like. I know exactly what it is too. It's he's he's mad nice, but at this it's just like. It's it's the fact that Where's he's the umph? the capitalism, bro. Like, and I don't mean to be the nigga that keeps bringing it back to capitalism, but at the end of the day, niggas have business interests to protect. J Cole is he's been on the wave of like I could do what y'all do too, though. Don't forget about that. And what he's been doing 
is he's stepping out of his lane of comfortability with all the triple time rap. Like mm-hmm. every for the most part, every feature you've heard him on is like and it's that's all the newer shit that everybody else is doing. And he got on that wave and bodied everybody that was already doing it. Yeah, so, but he the the thing that got me tight about that. But Bablo like, Boat, have you heard the Bablo Boat shit? No. With him and Royce the Five Nine, that's the best verse I've heard so far this year. In terms of like rap, hip hop, that and his verse. Actually, I did hear that. Too. Right. And his And that verse was crazy. So he's <laughs> he's here. Crazy. He's still here, you know what I mean? He's here. But it's just like he gonna give us right, another one of right. those 2014 hills for his job. I think I think too. that's I think his next thing will be that, yeah. and I think his next thing better be that. It has like, to be. Yeah, it has on. to be, bro. Because he already yeah. did it with KOD. You, to me, KOD was a throwaway. He didn't like. It wasn't to, like he was, it, to you, KD. KOD was a throwaway. He didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like I don't think. Uh, J. I think Cole, the last two shits was just like story ish, and even though they were interesting, they weren't like. I mean, nah, like, for your eyes only to me, bro, is different. I separate that from KOD. Mm-hmm. KOD to me is him being like, all right, I could be mainstream too. I could be on y'all wave too. I could, you know, mm-hmm. and to me it was more like a throwaway. Like this was mad easy. Let me just put this together. Y'all could have this project. Know what I mean, but like for your eyes only, I listened to that shit. A few times, like sober and or high, and I wasn't really vibing with him, vibing with it like that. But when I listened to that shit while I was tripping one day, I cried to that shit. From that day, nigga, I already nigga said, knew. I pop shrooms, and yo, <laughs> nigga. I listened to Four Your Eyes Only. I cried shit. to that shit. It really hit me, and I was like, wow, I yeah. understand it now. Yeah, like I the got song it. and the, the the entire like project from front to back. It's still is is beautiful. I'm not gonna say it's a 2014 Forest Hills, but I feel like in ways it was progression from it, and yeah. in other ways it was detracting from it. As maybe well. maybe I'm just being selfish because I just want niggas to rap their ass off. I'm dead. Yeah, that's true. But like, but people don't buy those no more. Sadly, I think that like. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh huh. We fall in love with who the artist is like in the right. beginning and then when they stem from that it's like that's not the artist that yeah. I'm talking about that's what it is that's very true that's, true. that's very true once you start to thank you for co- what's your name can you get your name <laughs> on the mic I'm Nas Nas yeah man yeah. Nas. Nas the camera lady come on now <laughs> nasty Nas real rap shit that's hip hop Nas um, but nah yeah once you yeah. start to leave where you were already at mm-hmm. You're always going to kind of be looked at that way because you got fans that you already made off of what you was doing from Jump. I think Cole and Kendrick have been great at not losing any of those fans. I don't think that they've necessarily lost any of them. I think the idea is when someone... I, think, I don't think they lost many diehards, but like yeah. I feel like the people that were like, okay, like I'm waiting... Okay, <laughs> like, but it's but like no, I, I don't feel like I don't feel that way about Kendrick. I feel like Kendrick is like a phenomenon because he always does that. But like Cole's discography is too fucking big for you to like. I don't think anybody could really make that argument just because like you'd have to go back to projects he put out before he was on on like sideline story. Now I mean like my fucking damn like. What's the what's the other shit? Born think, Center, like I think the mixtapes skip the first one and then Born Center. Yeah. But like his best shit. Really? To me. 
I feel like it's only it's certain things that I respect that. I just feel like there's certain things that you can only write after you have a certain experience. Right, and I feel like Born Sinner walked the line of fun and enlightening mm-hmm. perfectly. Like, yeah. perfectly. Like, he said his message and all them songs were, like, fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, you need that. And it still exa- it showed his skill. But I don't know what I was really disappointed about. I did not like that the compilation, the revenge compilation. Oh, revenge of the dreamers, you ain't like it? Not much. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't really listen to it like that. Nah. I had some tracks on it that I fucked with. Definitely, there yeah. was some songs on it that I. But like, but projects nowadays are just different, bro. They just don't hit the the way they used to. Like, I mean, just, nah, cause this projects that be coming out, that's still name fire. Name the last project you feel like impacted culture for real, for real, like just by itself, regardless of like, like I don't any know, other I market. don't know about like impacting culture because I feel like, like well, impacted your culture or impacted you type shit. Impacted me, um, like. My the latest probably like Freddie Gibbs and that Madlib that Madlib album. Okay. But like, Freddie I, I, I feel I honestly feel like that might be the best hip hop album of the year. Oh shit! Like honestly, like I don't know. If, I think Two Chains came out this year. Two Chains album is really good, and I think a lot of people slept on that shit too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he put out the album of the year. With that Wale album. also did his thing. He did Wale, his thing. Wale, I, but I, Freddie Gibbs, I ain't, I I didn't listen to Freddie Gibbs' this shit. Like I've tried to get into Freddie Gibbs. Um, like it took me a while. Like it just it's happened. a lot of it gimmicky ha- shit for me, bro. It just what? What you mean? Like I feel like he does a lot of gimmicky shit. Like I know he can rap, rap, but like like I just music like, videos and shit. Like the videos and just even with the raps, it's like what. It's different. It's, I mean, they just it's, have it's, a different culture. It's, it's out west too. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, like, it's, it's just it's, like it's just it's not my you, taste right now. I hear you, but I feel like he had something really good. But like what I was expecting from what he was from what Cole was building up before he him dropping the album was um you're rapping on all these trap beats. Right, mm-hmm. and then you're about to bring mad hood niggas and trap niggas into this studio to record a whole bunch of songs, mm-hmm. and we're about to get like some amalgamation of something that's just different, and you're about to still be dominant on this album, mm-hmm. and it'd be a fire album exemplify exemplifying everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like he did not. He didn't really shine on it. He tried not to though. He did that purposely. It was he. He was only on like three, four songs on the whole project. He was only on like three, four songs. I know that, but like, how long are you gonna be humble? It's not even humble. Not that's even, his. That's his label, bro. Like he put. Not me. Yeah, like, like that's your label. But you're still you supposed to spare point your label. We're listening to them because of you. I don't even think that's the case no more, to be real with you. Not no more, because we know them now. And like, we, we know, know Cole. We know we Cole know now. Cole. Yeah. We know who Ari Lennox is now. We yeah. know who Boss is now. We know mm-hmm. who Omen is now. But that was after you was like, yo, I'm fucking with them. Yeah. 
So you're the spare point. You're That's the head true. of the game. So you have to be the head of the dragon. And you're only on four songs on a like 15 song album. I think what it is is when you do that, bro, you, you also kind of bring yourself down to... You bring yourself down to their level in a sense. And like, it's not saying that the hunger's not there no more, but Damn. it's also like, for the sake of... Kendrick didn't rap a single bar on that. Kendrick had the little hook part. I woke up for some money. Right, bro. He didn't have no verse on it purposely. And I think that's part of the marketing and also just like the perception of like, y'all not in my lane, low key. Cole blessed him a few times, but at the end of the day, Cole, it's like, imagine if Cole went out and made a project with Gunna or Cole went out and made a project with a young thug or made a project with anybody else. He wouldn't do that because he don't look at them as on his level and Mm -hmm. it would kind of bring him down to their level in a sense. Only other person you can make a collab project with is Kendrick Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, they're both like, we're up here, everybody else is down here. So if Cole would have got on Revenge of the Dreamers the way that like niggas, trust me, I would want him to do the same. If he did that, we'd have looked at him like, okay, he's still really trying to come up right now. You still hungry type shit. He's at a point where it's like, but we want to see that. We want to see that you care. He, like, of, but we know he does though. We, we know, know he we, does. We know he cares about the content. We don't know. We know. Okay. We uh, we know we we know that he does not care about the top spot. Like, cause he said that. But he's he said yeah. that he doesn't really believe in the crown. But he also states that. None of y'all are fucking with me at the same time. So which one do you want to be? You nah, need to remember that. Cole again. Like to me, I fuck with Cole because his integrity is still. He tries to keep integrity, but in his lane, the thing is, he's been the nigga that's like, I'm not with all of the shit that y'all are on. And then every now and then he has to dumb his shit down for the sake of just like, all right, cool. I still need to be accepted, low key mainstream. Like yeah, like I don't. One thing I don't feel like a trap beat is dumbing it down. Like if you're nice, nah, not a trap beat, but what he says on it, like um, on on that shit with Travis Scott and Young Thug, yeah. When he says fuck a IG, I put something on your sonogram. I'm the man. He has verses like that. He has verses where he's like, uh, dick so big it's like a foot is in your mouth. Verses where it's like he talking about fucking somebody else's girl, and that's not cold. That's not J. Cole, bro. Like, that's not literally... That's not the real rap side of him. That's mm-hmm. like, yo, we have certain things that will be purchased and, like, certain songs that will be supported when you say this ignorant fuckery. And he that's understands true. that. So, like, he still also... It's politics to me. Like, true. it's like... He has to play into the politics. I mean, okay. I don't. Just, I don't need him to say no ignorant fuckery. I, just I don't need him to... Yeah, I don't to need him to do so either. Your ass off, bro. He gave like, it to us a few times on a lot. He he really rapped yeah, on that shit too. Yes, but projects. I need. I need the he case. He rapped on for y'all's only though, bro. That's that's two projects ago. Is it really? I mean, Kod he couldn't do it on because it's nothing but trap beats for real. You think you can't rap your ass off on trap beats? I can, but not not to the same degree as like a regular beat because mm-hmm. the regular beat will allow you to really flow. The trap shit is like you're stuck in this cadence mm-hmm. and even with that he still had this song um 1997 or some shit like that for a little pump mm-hmm. that was the only shit he really like 
rap rap song for real though. That and like Kevin's heart, I felt like Kevin's heart was the most touching song in that project. Okay, which you know. Well, unfortunately, we have to break out of here. Yeah, man. It was yeah. really good interviewing you. I hope can I, I shout can. out? Can I shout out my mama real quick? Yes. Shout please. out my mama. And shout out my mama. Shout out your mama too. Thanks. Uh, shout out my baby Danny out in NC, man. Derm, Derm. Shout out. Uh, shout out. Shout out, Big Buddha. Uh, man, shout out everybody, man. That's a shout out. Shout out everybody that do shit, man. Shout out Shasha. Know what I mean? Shout out Shasha. Yeah. She's shout out Nas. Nas in the cut. Thank you. You yeah. welcome. You welcome. <laughs> shout out Nas. Thank you. Uh, shout out Kari. Know what I mean? Shout out Black Propaganda. We gonna podcast. keep this going, my yes. man. Shout out everything, Definitely. man. And shout out Young Tucson. Music on yes. the way. Videos you. on the way. Tell them where to follow you, please. Follow me on Instagram at Y-O-U-N-G-T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. Young Tucson. Young Haitian brother from Flatbush, Brooklyn, trying to make it do what it do. Uh, shout, uh, follow me on, you know, on everything. It's it's all Young Tucson everywhere. Don't matter where you go. Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, whatever, man. Young Tucson. And, yeah, man, stay tuned. We out here, man. Thank you for having yeah, me, my yeah. G. Yeah, we did it. Oh, finally. What I have to talk to you about?